Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome to the third episode of Arts Forward MKE. I'm Lindsay Sheridan, your host and director of marketing and PR at Imagine MKE. If you're new to the show, each week I'll sit down with an artist or arts administrator in Milwaukee and dive deep into their story, asking them about their Milwaukee origin, their early memories that sparked a love of the arts, their current work, and their vision for the future of the city. New episodes are out each Thursday, and if you haven't listened to the first two, I definitely encourage you to do so. I enjoyed great conversations with Dasha Kelly Hamilton and Ken Brown. On today's episode, I speak with artist Brandon Minga. A quick note, the first several episodes of this series, including this one, were recorded before the pandemic, so that's why you won't hear any mention of its impact. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to start off with a question I'm starting all of our artist interviews with uh, to set the tone. So, Brandon, do you remember a time early in life that you experienced art in a way that really impacted you deeply, that stuck with you? Yeah, I think it was my first trip to the Milwaukee Art Museum and being around my other classmates and kind of seeing and being in that you know, group setting where people were all absorbing and, you know, learning about art in their own different way. Um, and I was kind of sort of struck just by how things were hanging on the wall, the color, the content, um, you know, that I think that was really the breakthrough moment. How old do you think you were when that happened? Um, I think we were in junior high. Oh, um, nice. So I had already been practicing art as, you know, electives and what have you, but I think it was just sort of like becoming more serious as I was winning more awards and getting more attention and, you know, always watching Disney films uh, and, you know, cartoons. So I think it was starting to kind of, you know, change in my mind as well as change in my parents' mind um, Mm. because they were, you know, vital or key in pushing me forward. Um, You know, I like to play sports and things like that, but art was definitely where I ended up, obviously. Sure. (laughs) What was junior high Brandon's style when you first started winning awards? (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, It was more about uh, rendering um, and really kind of figuring medias out um, versus, like, any real style, I suppose. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I was always kind of mimicking, like, um, drawing characters or, like, Every time I got a new pair of shoes, I was drawing my shoes. Like, I loved <laughs> shoes for whatever reason. I still love shoes. Um, yeah, so I didn't think I really had a ingrained style then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still kind of revert back to, like, if someone needs quick drawings or a mural or something like that, I kind of revert back to this, like, kind of, you know, caricature mm. mix between realism and real fun, fantasy, whimsical stuff. So, And the basics of that started when you were just, you know... Oh, 12 or 14 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, so I know your work primarily as like a creator and builder of really large scale works out of your design space in River West. Um, but And that's what we kind of primarily capture in the video and photo that we have of you as part of this project. But you have a really varied artistic background as an illustrator, freelance designer, fashion apparel designer, interior designer, muralist, etc., um, so talk a little bit about how your practice has evolved over the years and what kind of sparks your interest to move into new artistic medium territory. Yeah. Um, so in my space currently, um, we're experiencing a lot of sculpture projects. 
um, and that's all new. So, you know, as of two years ago, I wouldn't have been doing sculpture, and now all of a sudden we're doing big public sculptures that light up, and you can interact with them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, my interests are broad. Um, I'm pretty passionate about collaborating and just um, whether that's with clients or individuals, uh, especially with other artists. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, I have, you know, graduated Maya as an illustrator, mm -hmm. um, BFA in illustration, had a minor in design, um, kind of bounced around, um, did apparel design, um, you know, then I did some work for Kohler, Kohl's Corporate, Art Direction of In-Store uh, Marketing, um, which kind of led into the interior decorating. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're kind of, I'm trying to take all of those experiences and put them into my space and allow that to fuel, you know, any projects that come our way. Yeah. So t talk more about your space, and it's fairly new. Right. So what's the origin of, of the House of Rad coming together? Yeah. So the House of Rad is the House of Resident Artist Doers. So I share a space with one other of my colleagues, uh, Tim Preby. He's also a Mayad grad um, and he is multidisciplinary as well. Um, so he's more into um, cosplay, model building, um, doing maquettes, uh, things like that. And he's mm -hmm. also like a high... Um, conceptual idea guy, uh, which really works well with myself where, you know, I'm a painter, I draw collage, found object welder, mm -hmm. you know, sculpting and things like that. So when we get together, um, we just have a great mind meld of things that we could possibly do in the space. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as far as the newness of the space, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, when you guys toured, um, we were just moving in. Um, you know, things were still all over the place. Um, they're still kind of all over the place as we speak. <laughs> we're only six months. Um, I mean, myself, I'm only six months in the space, and it's changed three times, uh, and it continues to change every week with the building owner um, giving us new crazy projects to do. Um, mm. But that's all part of what we're trying to do in that space. Um, so really, the I guess the mission of the House of Rad is to offer up all of our experience and the tools we have in-house to help elevate uh, everyone around us. So other artists, especially, um, you know, we're looking for collaborators. Um, and it doesn't have to be just sculpture. It can be painting. It can be drawing. It can be large-scale murals. It can be a mix of the two. Um, we just collaborated with Ken Brown uh, and his work, I thought, would look really well or really great in uh, laser-engraved wood. And just so happens we have a laser engraver and a bunch of wood laying around. So we did mm -hmm. it, and it was fantastic. So he's going to come back. Mm -hmm. So we're really trying to look at things and partner with other artists in order to, you know, elevate our craft as well as others, right? So maximizing creative potential is one of, like, their buzzwords, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but that's really kind of at the core of what we're doing. So why not is a question we ask ourselves a lot. Yeah. So you know, ideas come up and we're like, okay, why not? Right. And you have this incredible space to, to dream and it's a blank canvas in a lot of ways, right? What was the history of that space before you guys came in? Oh, there's so much. Yeah. Um, that's that the warehouse is very old. Yeah. Um, I think the last known manufacturer in there was a mattress factory. Mm, so mm -hmm. it's interesting. So we were trying to come up with names for the, for the building in general with the building owner. Um, and I, in my mind, I kept thinking of mattresses and yeah. box springs and weird stuff like that. So, um, 
I think we're landing on something simple like the West River Commons is nice. the entire building. Mm -hmm. Then there's a social space and event space to rent. Um, and then there's also the House of Red. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and we're, so in our space, we have roughly, we're looking to, we have 30 by 40 feet currently uh, with lofted mezzanines. Uh, and then we're looking to grow. So we'll be 80, 80 by 30-ish feet. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll expand a little bit. So we currently have uh, a CNC, uh, a laser engraver, a uh, plasma cutter, welder. Um, we have some torches for heat bending and cutting. Um, and then, you know, just miscellaneous hand tools. and Just some yeah. casual tools that you find in your everyday yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, artist yeah. studio. You know, there's, there's yeah. Stuff laying around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're, we actually just put up some panels to do a 20-foot by 8-foot mural um, just yesterday morning. Um, so mm -hmm. that's going to happen uh, on top of some uh, tentacles. So we're doing another sculpture piece. So the tentacles will be like, um, I don't know, six by eight feet. And it'll be wall mounted and kind of come off the wall. And it's huh. it's going yeah. into a bar restaurant that, that has an interior that looks like a ship. Um, and then they have these portholes. Uh, and then the so the tentacles are coming in, look like they're coming in from outside. Wow. So is that a... a good portion of your work these days where you get a, a like a restaurant coming in and saying we want something big and crazy in our space but we don't know what like what's the origin of a project like that yeah so some a lot of it is word of mouth um and then they're seeing things that are happening on instagram and facebook um and i'm mm. constantly trying to post you know whether it's in process or finished stuff or inspirational stuff um we just did like a how-to video on how to heat bend and cut um, I got actually got a lot more attention than I thought. Um, <laughs> so that was cool. Um, but in terms of those projects, like some of them are proposals that I write, mm. um, for calls for artists or, um, just proposals in general. Like I see something, I'm like, Hey, this would be a great idea for this biz X business. Right. And we say whether it's a mural or a wall mounted sculpture or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. we'll write the proposal for it. Um, but more often than not, we'll have, um, repeat clients or clients uh, in the similar areas that are looking for, mm -hmm. you know, interior sculptures or, you know, something interesting for a wall treatment or things like that. So yeah, yeah. a lot of times we try to keep everything in house. Um, but that's not to say that if we're keeping it in house, we wouldn't uh, contract out and collaborate with other artists, which we're uh, currently doing in sure. the space. Sure. Um, so you talked about your, your collaborator in the space, Tim, is having a very uh, sort of similar mindset as yours. Um, what's the, like, what's exciting about working with him as, as a partner in this new House of Rad collective? And, like, how, you know, how do you, how do you find, like, artistic collaborators that gel well with your, with your style, too? Yeah, so one of the things him and I keep kind of, we chuckle and we're just, like, we're so excited and giddy uh, about is that, we're constantly putting each other up. So versus coming in and be like, nah, I don't like that idea. <laughs> or I have a better idea. There's a certain type of language that we use just naturally together, um, mm -hmm. which is just positive and uplifting. And then also um, just constantly building on, you know, the base of an idea. You're like, oh, well, that's a good idea. But what if we did, you know, similar idea and then there's this and there's this or we keep that, but we add this or e add these things. And it works really well um, for the both of us. And when we've encountered other artists, it seems to work really well with them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I think, really where we're at with that. Yeah. 
always good to be lifting each other up and constantly, you know, aiming for the next thing together, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's no doubt. Instead of being in competition. And, you know, you yeah. a lot of times you find, and I'm sure many artists, um, multidisciplinary, all across the board, could relate to the idea that we are our own worst enemy, right? There's always a constant level of self-doubt. When you have someone who walks in after not being there for a couple of days, and he's like, dude, this is awesome. Great job. How did you think about, how did you figure out how to do this one thing? Or, um, you know, I think everyone needs a pat on the back every once in a while to keep that momentum going. Um, I can find myself in the weeds and Tim will come in and pick me up. You know, even just someone walking by, we have a lot of visitors in our studio um, for multiple different reasons because there's many different crafts, people and artists in the building. So people are like, wow, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, cool. And then you take that moment, and it's kind of uplifting because you know you're kind of doing the right thing when you get that positive affirmation. So for for those that may be listening to this and thinking like, hey, the House of Rad seems like a space I would really thrive in. Like, I want to find out more. How is it that you're adding um, artists to the collective? So because we're so new, I think logistically we're still trying to figure out how we are going to accommodate other artists uh, in the space that would be residents. Um, but currently, from 9 to 5, we're basically there every single day, including Saturday, Sunday. Um, I would definitely shoot us an email. Uh, you can reach me specifically through Facebook or um, my website. Um, that's usually the best to do because, you know, we don't know where we're going to be every day. I say we're there nine to five, but maybe we're out an appointment or on site with a client. Um, but really it's about, you know, come in, come check out the space, get comfortable. I mean, we've had probably a dozen or so people come in and just hang out while we're building stuff. And we, you know, I like loud music, so we're kind of clubbing while we're making stuff. <laughs> so um, it's a fun, inviting atmosphere. And if you want to help on projects, awesome. Uh, if you want to come to us with an idea, even better, mm -hmm. um, you know, even help come to us with that idea and we'll help you sketch it out, maybe help you build a budget concept for it, stuff like that. Um, you know, we've we've been exploring the idea of prototyping for, um, you know, bigger companies, uh, individuals, entrepreneurs. Um, and then we're also, you know, looking for uh, bigger contracts. So we'd love for uh, a Milwaukee tool or a Harley Davidson to come in and be like, Hey, you guys are making some rad stuff. Uh, we'd be interested in you, you know, consulting on this project or that project. And what does it look like when artists get involved on some of that higher level stuff? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Cause you have this crazy unique set of tools, but obviously they might be new to folks. And so <laughs> can't just come in and uh, use something that might be, potentially dangerous you got to have the experts on hand to well <laughs> make experts, it happen right yeah i, yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, i'll take the word expert but i would never <laughs> call myself one um and i would say that yeah so when you when you come in and you want to work with us what we do is we train you on on the tools that that we have and we know uh and then you know you can help us or we help you um build your project or our project or whatever it may be um, but we want to stress the safety in our environment because we don't want anyone to get hurt. We just want to have everybody have a good time and make some rad stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so we're definitely all about teaching. Um, and we're, we're very, you know, cognizant of the idea that, you know, these tools are dangerous and they could be frightening. But we what we like to do is get people comfortable because we're comfortable and mm -hmm. then everyone's comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, 
tell me more about the project you were up to before you came in here today. Uh, yes, our building owner, in, we are in a constant state of how do we make the warehouse a destination and a place that people want to come to over and over again, right? And something that, you know, people haven't necessarily seen before. Uh, so lo and behold, two 20-foot shipping containers showed up in our space about two weeks ago. Um, the building owner came to me and was like, let's cut into these and make them red. Well, and I was like, yeah, let's do that. Cause <laughs> I've done, I've done that before, um, on another project where we took a 40, two 40 foot containers and cut into them. So this was a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that space that House of Rad is in, uh, or the, the part of town that House of Rad is in is so interesting because it has a very industrial past, right? So it's a lot of old factory buildings. Yep. Um, and it's it's exciting to see those repurposed and like a new era of Milwaukee's manufacturing past. I wonder if you have thoughts to share on how how what the future looks like for some of those spaces that, uh, you know, are from our from Milwaukee's past and history. Yeah, and there's a lot of things going on over there. There's a lot of development, um, especially right next door to us. Um, there's, I want to say, the nut factory is right there. Um, and then in the building to the north of that, they're they're just renovating that, and that's going to become uh, Artist Studios. Um, there's um, even further development on Richards, and all around us there's all kinds of things happening in River West, and a lot of it's in the creative fields and industries. So it's pretty exciting, and I don't want to get af- ahead of the neighborhood, but I would love to see that become like an arts district um, yeah, because there's absolutely. so many artists over there. So, like, I'm excited about being in that area because I feel like we have a lot to offer those artists in that area. Mm-hmm. So we can all collaborate and help each other shine. Yeah. What an exciting era for, for Milwaukee art to have that, that sort of development happening, right? Yeah. There's yeah. this, like, sort of continual renaissance that's been happening, like, and it's been getting bigger and better um, with agencies like yourselves coming into town uh, and, and helping develop that is awesome. I don't know if that's right. If that's that's right. That's okay. good. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Back to you a little bit. So what's your Milwaukee origin story? What brought you here and what made you stay? Right on. So I am born and raised in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I came here for my ed. Um, I came to a portfolio day here and sampled all the colleges, um, you know, from the West and the East coast, uh, including the Midwest and there was just something about Maya, the smell, the just the multidisciplinary options. There's so many things. It was really like I walked in and I just kind of knew. I mean, I, I really had my sights set on the art center in Pasadena, California. Mm. Um, and that get away as far away as possible. <laughs> <laughs> that was your first yeah. gut. <laughs> right, right. Um, and it sort of quickly changed when I walked around and got the vibe of the art that was on the walls. Um, you know, even just the minor interactions with people that were in the hallway, uh, just seemed to just all make sense. Um, and I was also, uh, a new father at the time. So I, I was like, yeah, I want to go to California, but I can't leave my baby. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Maya just made all kinds of sense and it felt right. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of uh, staying in Milwaukee, 
uh, Kenosha was not having the same renaissance. Um, and I, and I, you know, as I graduated, we were in, um, the economic crash. So that was exciting. Um, very interesting to deal with, but it was actually, um, an amazing opportunity because as people were letting go of full-time long-term paid employees, they were hiring contract artists and designers. Mm. So I was able to flourish in, in that way. Um, so, you know, I stayed in Milwaukee. I'm close to my family who is all in Kenosha. Um, and Milwaukee's awesome. Like it's a big little city. Um, I love it here. Yeah. I feel like, um, how do I want to word this? Like the big little city, like Milwaukee, maybe is still in a continual process of like embracing just how awesome it is and like how many resources there are, you know, like we have a tendency to be too humble, right. Or, or not really own up how much our arts and culture is already a significant driver of, of everything we do here. Like yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I would agree. And I would say the same for the, uh, artists and art organi- art organizations in town as well. Like, I think it's time that we, you know, wave our flag, we stand up and shine and support each other and realize that we have a very powerful arts community um, and we should all come out of the woodwork and celebrate versus put our head down and work hard. I've, I've done that for years, put my head down and work hard. And sometimes you miss things. You're, you're missing all these opportunities and, um, you know, opportunities to make, to network and get other work and do these other projects because you're too busy doing your work. Right. And being like proudly independent and just getting shit done. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the multidisciplinary nature of your work. Um, So to get down to a few more specific specifics, let me say that sentence again, to get down to a few more specifics on that. Um, uh, I'm so curious. So many of your multi, many of your canvas works include like gears and tubes and all these like industrial objects. How did you start to get interested in incorporating those into your work? So I was always interested in mechanics and how things work in general, um, all throughout college and I guess as a youth as well, um, visually, right? Um, and then as I continued my path through college, um, Flux Design, uh, Jeremy from Flux Design came and spoke at our college and showed us what we were doing. And I was just like, oh yeah, I need to figure out how I can work with those guys and, or how I can incorporate real gears and stuff into my artwork. So it started small, you know, with like collages that built up into assemblage and things like that. And then quickly got bigger as I branched off and I got my own studio with, uh, the plaid tuba, uh, and then quickly grew out of that space when, uh, I welded my first piece at flux. Uh, so that influence is heavy. Um, and I'm very thankful for the opportunities that Jeremy and the flux team have provided me over the years, um, to allow me to get into my own space, um, and have all this wonderful experience to be able to share with others. Awesome. It's fun to hear about your that that existing artistic entity of Flux Design really inspiring you and and driving your work and seeing like Milwaukee artists, <laughs> you know, positively influencing each other and and whatnot. Um, 
So this, so you mentioned you're kind of newly into um, the public art arena of these large scale sculptures. Uh, what's been fun and new and unexpected about diving more into that form? Yeah, and I, I would say scale alone is probably one of the biggest amazing unexpected things about what I'm doing. So designing something and, and then getting the bid and then you're like, Oh snap, I actually have to build this thing. Like I got to <laughs> figure this out. Right. So, um, you know, collaborating with other businesses for laser cutting and then figuring out where to source, uh, acrylic and materials. Um, and then, and then, you know, building on that because then once you open that door, then you're getting phone calls from folks who are like, Hey, we have this material. Hey, we have this material. And you're like, wow. Okay. Look at all these materials that are out here that I didn't know existed before. Um, and I can use to go from this design into 3d, uh, and put it in and be a reality, uh, super exciting in that realm. Um, some unexpected things are like, hmm, the amount of time and energy it takes to build <laughs> a 12 foot by 12 foot set of wings. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and there's process and there's things, you know, um, I've picked up along the way and then doing all of that and being on a long-term project is also one of those things where you, you have to have the stamina, right? So you, and also have the vision in order to help boost yourself, um, because you're going to be working on three or four different projects at the same time because you're getting, you know, this big sculpture who's, you know, cutting checks every so often. And now you have to subsidize your own income by right. getting all these other projects on top of that. So there's a point where, you know, you can't lose sight of the idea that, well, this sculpture is happening and it also needs to get done and we also need to eat and all these things. So, mm -hmm. um, I think they're, you know, that work-life balance is, is real. Um, <laughs> My wife reminds me of that all the time because <laughs> I definitely like to bury my head as we've talked about and, mm -hmm. and work hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's such a challenging balance because you win these big bids and that's a real coup, but the, the length of it is longer than some might think, you know, you know, right. You might think, Oh, you want a big bid. Like that's great. You're set for a while, but <laughs> it, yeah. it's not the case, huh? No. no, it's definitely not. And, and it's, and it depends on, you know, where, where the organization or individuals who commissioned you or you won this bid, where they get their funds from. So if there's grants involved or there's other things involved, you know, the draws for that payment are on a different schedule than, you know, you don't just get $30,000 or $50,000 up front, right? right? That's not happening. Right. Um, so yeah, you just have to be able to, to balance that and figure out how, okay, well, how am I going to buy materials and, and eat all at the same time? Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's also stuff you can, you figure out as you, as you go along, um, in order to stay afloat. Yeah. Yeah. So in a more general sense, um, what do you think the future looks like for Milwaukee arts and culture? What is still needed and what's missing the most? Uh, well, I'm super excited in general. Um, I think what's missing the most is more collaboration. Um, and I'm not saying that because I am promoting it for my own business, right? Or my own, it's, it's my own passion, let's say. But that's one thing, one question that I get more often than not. And in a very serious way where, I'm working alongside other artists and we're doing projects in the same vicinity, but we're not working on a project together. So I think that's one of the things that I'd like to see um, happen 
more often, more strongly. I mean, I feel like we're better together than we are independently. I mean, at least that's what's been proven, right? Like we've got this strong individual base of talent. Well, now we need to be this amazing group of talent and get recognized for it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. So collaboration is so central to what Imagine is about, definitely, and what you are about in your whole work. Uh, so talk to us about uh, how collaborations, how really good collaborations get started and what makes them particularly powerful, special. Right on. I think they're the idea um, so there's, there's gotta be a reason, right? So, you know, we can get together and we can make anything, right? But what is it, what is it that we're after? What is the intent of what we're trying to create? Um, you know, so two artists get together and I think it's really about, um, having this conversation and not just, um, visually or physically, um, but it's about that, you know, two way street all the time being able to, you know, when I was talking about my partner in the space is like this constant uplifting and the nature of which we communicate the ideas that we're having, um, should, should be a together. It should be a, you know, like this constant duet of conversation. Right. Um, and then after that, it comes down to, you know, what's your wheelhouse, what's your skill set? what can you bring, what, can, what do you know for a fact that you can bring to the project confidently and never look back, right? So you can say, I'm going to make these choices and I'm going to do these things and I'm going to have no regrets about it because these are the things that I'm passionate about and love to do and I'm very talented at. And I do the same thing. So then when that happens and we, and we continue to have this conversation through that, because that's, that's super difficult when you're, when you're in a position where you've started to create and you're super passionate about what's happening but you may, may not be able to see it from this other, this other perspective where I could enter in and say, well, what if we added some metal to that? Or what if we took that and a laser engraved it? Or what does that look like when we take your painting and we see and see some pieces of acrylic, put some light on it and sandblast it and do this other thing and do all these things, right? Like those are the kinds of stuff where like we want to take those ideas and conversations and turn them on their head, mm -hmm. still be just as passionate, but in a positive way. Yeah, because right? you started from a place of... of real openness, but also real confidence about what you can bring to the table and deliver on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then being, being open-minded enough and, um, you know, in that confidence level to take, take a step back and say, Oh yeah, you know what? I think maybe you're right about this idea. Maybe I can add some metal to my painting or maybe I can add some acrylic or maybe I can add a layer of dimension or, you know, those things. Mm hmm. And what a cool approach, because when you have that that openness, you're going to end up with something so much cooler than if you had just worked on it yourself, right? That's right. the benefit yeah. of a cool collaboration like that. Absolutely, where you change someone's thinking, right? So all of a sudden, you're you're constantly, you're like, I'm the best painter. I'm doing these paintings. I love my paintings. This is what I do. And then you come to our space, and you're like, I love painting. This is what I do. And I'm like, well, we could take that painting, put a rad metal frame on it and add dimension to it maybe we see and see some pieces maybe you paint on those maybe you know all these things can happen and all of a sudden you're like wow this is totally different and unexpected 
Yeah, and then you as an artist and you and your output as a product are better because of that partnership. Yeah, yeah better, different. You know, like um, you get more eyes on it when it's something that you know is unexpected. Like when people are scrolling on Instagram or whatever, they're like, "Well, what's that?" Mm-hmm. And then they get involved and they're like, you know. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In that spirit, I want to close by offering up this question. Tell us something that you want to celebrate or lift up in Milwaukee's arts and culture scene right now. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many amazing projects that are happening in the city currently. Uh, I'm sure I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to miss so many, um, but I definitely want to throw um, – shout out to VAR Gallery and all the artists involved in the 30 by 30 by 30 show. Uh, 30 artists are making 30 pieces in 30 days, which is no small feat. Um, And it turns to be one of the most amazing art shows in the city uh, in the spring. So, uh, you know, kudos to you guys. Um, When can people check that out? Do you know what month it's in? April. April? Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that drops late spring. I think it's in April. Um, I should know I've done it. (laughs) I should know these things. Um, I want to give some kudos to Pamela Anderson and um, the Milwaukee Artist Resource Network um, as they continue to um, move into their new space uh, with that the funding that they received. That's awesome. Um, Marn is, is a great resource. Um, and then I also wanted to throw a major kudos out to uh, the Black Holocaust Museum uh, as we're nearing completion of the design for that. Um, so I was lucky enough and I'm um super humbled by the opportunity to be able to design the layout uh, for the entire museum in terms of uh, all the contents, the graphics. Um, yeah. So um, very excited about that. And it's well needed in Milwaukee uh, and it's, and it's time for um, that story to be retold um, in an accurate and uh, passionate way. So I think from the you know small visitations that we've had and the feedback that we've gotten from the public who've walked through there, um, we're doing that, and I'm very excited about that. That's awesome, and no small task to design the layout of the inside. So you have this opportunity to collaborate with like the museum curator. Or what does that look like? Yeah, so I think um, one of the greatest relationships that I've had growing and um, flourishing in that situation has been um, with Brad Pruitt, he's been the interim uh, director of the museum. Um, he basically knows Dr. Cameron's story from start to finish, back to back. He can recite it at any given moment, and he's so eloquent when he does his public engagements. Um, I'm envious of his ability to speak in public. It's crazy. Um, but he has a, also he has this really great way of keeping it real, like, and getting people engaged in his conversation and that story. Um, and that's where, I mean, he's captured me. And when we make changes and we make edits, we literally sit side by side. He comes in for a review and we go over what's, what's been done and what's happening. You know, and he's like, well, what if we did this? And what if we did that? And he's got these really great points of view in terms of like, you know, the hierarchy, the priority of story level, um, the experiences he has and then I bring my own experiences to the table with, you know, um, this, this delicate subject matter. Right. And so, um, that's actually probably one of those collaboration points we've been talking about is, uh, and it's super strong. Like I would love to 
work with Brad again on another project for sure. That's really cool. I'm happy to hear more about that. And yeah, I can't wait to see that work uh, when it's done. And yeah, and, it, and it's <laughs> coming coming soon, right? You know, yeah. the, the date was floated out there in the beginning and that was blown out of the water. Um, but it's going to be worth the wait. I can, I can tell you that. That's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing with me. You have a lot of incredible work going on and I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I don't talk about what I do enough. I feel like, um, so given the opportunity, I, I love it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Brandon. Thank Thank you for listening today. Be sure to subscribe by searching Arts Forward MKE on your favorite listening platform or go to imaginemke.org slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode next Thursday. Special shout out to musician Amanda Huff for the use of her song Caroline's, which you're listening to now. Be well, friends. <laughs>